Will real miracles bother people? That's how Leif Anger begins his book, Peace Like a River. He writes, for far too often, people have used the word miracle to describe things that, though pleasant, are entirely normal. Peeping chicks at Easter time. Spring, generally. A clear sunrise after an overcast week. It's a miracle, people say. As if we've been educated by greeting cards. I'm sorry, he writes, but no. Such things are worth our notice every day of the week, but to call them miracle evaporates the strength of the word. Real miracles bother people. Lazarus climbing out of the grave. Now there's a miracle. And you can bet it upset a lot of folks who were standing around at the time. Because when a person dies, well, the earth is generally unwilling to cough him back up. Of course, in order to have a miracle, you first need a witness. Inger says you need someone who's willing to stand up and say, this is what I saw. This is how it went. Make of it what you will. You see, witnesses don't try to prove what they saw. They don't try to explain their miracles. Instead, they just testify to their encounter. After all, you can't have a miracle if no one is there to see it. Now, according to the Gospel of John, the very first people who saw Jesus raised from the dead were Peter and John, the beloved disciple. Uh, they were the first two witnesses to the resurrection. The story goes, Mary Magdalene told these two men that someone had stolen the body of Jesus, that the, the tomb had been disrupted, the stone had been rolled away. And with that information alone, the two disciples went running towards the tomb. They sprinted as fast as they could, and when they got to the tomb, they saw a miracle. They claimed Jesus was alive again. Here's what I saw, they said. Here's how it went. Make of it what you will. Yes, Peter and the beloved disciple saw inside the tomb. And the scripture says they believed. Now, here's my question for you this morning. What exactly did Peter and John see inside that tomb that led them to belief? What evidence of the resurrection did they stumble upon that very first Easter morning? You know, in Mark's gospel, we read the disciples stumble upon a young man who tells them not to be afraid. In Luke's gospel on Easter morning, we read that the disciples come upon two people in dazzling white clothes who says, why do you look for the living amongst the dead? In Matthew's gospel, we read that Mary Magdalene comes upon an angel who says to her, he's not here, he is raised. But in John's gospel, well, Peter and John go inside that tomb. They look around and nothing is there. Nobody. No angel, no messenger from God. There's just some linen cloth left over from Jesus' burial. The tomb is empty. Which is to say in John's gospel, the disciples saw nothing and they believed everything. They believed not based on what was there. Instead, they believed based on what was missing. I'm reminded of the 9-11 Museum up in New York City. 
The memorial they set up for the victims of the September 11th attacks. Now, when the city planners were first deciding how to honor the victims of the attacks, they considered lots of different options. Some New Yorkers thought the best way to honor the victims would be to rebuild the World Trade Center on the exact spot where it had fallen. A way of showing the strength and perseverance of the city. Other people thought the best way to honor those who had been lost was to build a statue or a monument. Still others thought that it needed to be a park or a garden. In the end, however, the city decided the best way to honor the victims of 9-11 was not to fill the giant holes left by the Twin Towers, but instead to leave the space empty. Why? Well, they wanted people to remember what was missing. In fact, they entitled the memorial Reflecting Absence. Yeah, sometimes in life, the experience of absence can be even more powerful than the experience of presence. Sometimes in life, what is missing is the most important thing of all. Yes, Peter and John, they came to faith on that first Easter morning based on what wasn't there. They saw nothing and they believed everything. Which is to say, for these disciples, whatever encounter they had with Jesus on that day, it didn't begin outside of them. Instead, it began within. It was an encounter that changed their hearts. As doubt gave way to faith, and fear gave way to hope, and sadness gave way to joy. You see, being a witness to the resurrection... It's not based on physical sight. It's not based on evidence that surrounds you. Instead, being a witness to the resurrection, that's what happens when Jesus shows up in your life. And when suddenly you look around and you see him and you hear his name, and your life is different because of it. Great Protestant preacher Heidi Newmark it tells the story of leading her small Lutheran congregation in a passion play one Easter week. Newmark said that they hired several actors to reenact the last week of Jesus' life. The actors told the story of Jesus' final supper with his disciples, his prayer in the garden, his crucifixion. The story ended with a woman coming to Easter Sunday morning and going to the tomb and proclaiming in a loud voice saying, He's not here, he is risen. Now Heidi said at the end of the play, there was a plan for a church member to spontaneously stand up and give her testimony. The church member's name was Angie. And when the time came, she stood up and she said, I know he's alive, he's alive within me. And she went on to tell how Jesus had changed her, how he was the one who guided her through a troubled childhood, how he was the one who helped her overcome her addiction to alcohol, how her life was better because of him. I'm alive, she said, because he lives in and through me. I know he's alive. He's alive within me. Well, just as Angie sat down and the play was to end, something unexpected happened. Another man in the congregation stood up, and he began to give his testimony. He said, I know he's alive. He's alive within me, too. And he went on to share how Jesus had changed his life. And then when he was done, another, and then another, and then another. Until one by one, 
each and every member of that small Lutheran church testified to how they had experienced the resurrection. They were witnesses to how God had changed them. Yes, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, it's not simply a past event, nor is it a future hope. Instead, it is a present reality. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. A resurrection is what happens when Jesus grabs hold of your life, when you find that death has given way to new beginnings, when you are different because of him. And for some people, resurrection, it happens in a moment. And for other people, resurrection, it happens over a lifetime. It's like being born again. But whether it happens in a moment for you or whether it takes your entire life, Jesus says that resurrection, it is possible for everyone. That resurrection is his gift to all his followers. The Apostle Paul put it this way. He said, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Yes, I know he's alive. He's alive within me. So if you've spent the last 13 months of your life living in fear, I want you to have faith today. Because Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And if you're anxious today and you find yourself overwhelmed with uncertainty about the future, I want you to have faith. Because if God's going to take care of the sparrow of the air and the lily of the field, well, he's going to take care of you also. And if your heart is filled with grief today and a sadness has followed you around for far too long, I want you to believe in the resurrection. Because in life and in death and the life beyond death, God is with us and one day we will meet again. Yes, I know he's alive. He's alive within me. And because he's alive within me, we can live as people of faith. We can live as people of resurrection. Yes, in resurrection, hopelessness gives way to hope and doubt gives way to faith and fear gives way to love and pain gives way to forgiveness and regret gives way to to joy. Yes, early this morning, just before the sun came up, God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And I am a witness to the resurrection. That's what I saw. That's how it happened. Make of it what you will.